0: You are listening to
1: Rejo Ramadan 365 Podcasts. Bismillah ar Ramadan 87.7 on FM and 15.30 on AM. Uh, search for 365 on DAB. Uh, you can visit our website rr365.co.uk. This is rr365.co.uk or radioramadan.scot. Listen live. Uh, tune in app if you want to uh, download the tune in app uh, and we you'll you'll find us there as ready ramadan and also um, if you would like to visit i website this particular program reflections is live on that site as well uh, we welcome you all to this show uh 19th show of this year 19th of ramadan uh, 13th of may wednesday time just now is two minutes past eight iftar is going to be at 9 26 tonight 9 26 so we have good hour and a half roughly inshallah to go through uh, some of our um, selections of surah kahf um, uh, today we are going to start the story of Zulqarnain. Uh, we'll go across straight to the recitation uh, English translation and then com- commentary uh, From our guest Sheikh Rizwan Muhammad Let's hear today's selection
2: In the name of Allah The Absolutely Merciful The Especially Merciful
3: وَيَسْأَلُونَكَ عَن ذِي الْقَرْنَيْنِ قُلْ سَأَتْلُو عَلَيْكُم مِنْهُ ذِكْرًا
2: Say, I shall relate to you from what has been mentioned about him.
3: إِنَّا مَكَّنَّا لَهُ فِي الْأَرْضِ وَآتَيْنَاهُ مِنْ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ سَبَبًا
2: Verily we established him in the earth. And we gave him the means of everything. So he followed away.
3: Atta, إذا بلغ مغرب الشمس وجدها تغرب في عين حمئته ووجد عندها
2: Until when he reached the setting place of the sun, he found it setting in a spring of black muddy water. And he found near it a people. We said, O Dhul Qarnayn, either you punish them or treat them with kindness.
3: قَالَ أَمَّا مَنْ ظَلَمَ فَسَوْفَ نُعَذِّبُهُ ثُمَّ يُرَدُ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهِ فَيُعَذِّبُهُ عَذَابًا نُكْرًا
2: He said, As for him who does wrong, we shall punish him, and then he will be brought back unto his Lord, who will punish him with a terrible punishment.
3: وَأَمَّا مَنْ آمَنَ وَعَمِلَ صَالِحًا فَلَهُ جَزَاءً لِلْحُسْنَى وَسَنَقُولُ لَهُ مِنْ أَمْرِنَا يُسْرًا
2: But as for him who believes and works righteousness He shall have the best reward And we shall speak unto him mild words
3: ثُمَّ أَتْبَعَ سَبَبًا
2: Then he followed another way
3: حَتَّىٰ إِذَا بَلَغْ مَطُلِعَ الشَّمْسِ وَجَدَهَا تَطُلُعُ عَلَىٰ قَوْمٍ لَمْ نَجْعَلْ لَهُمْ duniha دُونِهَا
2: Until when he came to the rising place of the sun, he found it rising on a people for whom we had provided no shelter against the sun.
3: كَذَٰلِكَ وَقَدْ أَحَطْنَا بِمَا لَدَيْهِ خُبْرًا
2: So it was and we knew all about him.
3: Then
2: he followed away. Until when he reached between two mountains, he found before them a people
0: who scarcely understood.
1: So uh, these were the first uh, ten ayahs, uh, nine ayahs of today's selection. Uh, around nine ayahs. Uh, we, uh, yeah, ten, eighty-three to ninety-three. Uh, the first section of uh, the story of Zilqarnayn, which spans over several several more ayahs. But inshallah, we'll be covering. Uh, some of it today. Assalamu alaikum, alaykum, Shaykh. Wa
4: alaykum wa rahmatullahi
1: wa barakatuh. dhil uh, uh, I never knew until I read this morning. Uh, one with the two horns.
4: Dhil-Qurnayn. Hmm? dhil um, The one with two horns. <laughs> <laughs> the, person the person with two horns. Bismillah <laughs> ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Um, the person with two horns, that's the, the kind of literal um, translation of it. Actually, let me have a look at... Yeah um the translation
1: here because um, um it, it says in Urdu uh, Okay. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't uh, to start off with, but he kind of Yeah, so even
4: this translation I've got here, um it doesn't translate um as and in that. English, it just uses it as an epithet or a title which is Zulkarn. Um, I think perhaps that's to do with the fact that um, this story, which is the f- the the, f- the third of the major stories in Surat Al Kahf, um, after the the, s- the sleepers and then the story that we just finished of the um, Khidr and Prophet Musa alaihi wasalam. Um, the story of the parables of the two men with the gardens is is more of a parable, not really a story. It's more of a teaching story, whereas this is the the, the final uh, major story of Surat Al Kahf. And it relates to, as you said, the So this is one of the three questions. Remember, those three state stories relate to the three questions that were asked by the Jewish rabbis of the Prophet Um So we've had the answers to the first two. This is the last. And so their, their final question was about a person who traversed the, the East and the West and conquered. Um, so obviously the Jewish community had an interest in mentioning um, This specific person So we have to understand why Dhul Qarnayn Yes, so the the Jewish community had an interest in asking about Dhul Qarnayn Because it must relate in some way to their own um, Religious practice or faith Or understanding of something important in their history Or their their religion And so we understand um, The sleepers Are after the the sending of the prophet Isa alayhi salat wasam. Mm. So it, it, it leads to a lot of questions coming to mind of why they were interested in a non-Jewish um, group of people who believed in the teachings of Christ. Mm. So you'd, you'd obviously have an interest in, in thinking about why that is the case. Because they would ask about things about their prophets or their history, but not something about saints of another religious tradition that have nothing to do with us. Um, The second story, which is of of the Prophet Khidr and Musa, um, the interesting thing there is that they don't really have a narrative of that in the way that we have a narrative of it. There's not really anything that they were unclear about because they didn't really have a narrative of the meeting of Khidr and the Prophet Musa. And so even that's a strange question for us. Why did they want to ask about that? You only ask about things that you have a desire to know which are important to you. And so the last question which is Dul um again you have to ask, is it just you know, is it like a you know, like you have um a quiz mm. where you just want to know the answer just for the sake of entertainment. So apparently, you know, in in lockdown, COVID nineteen lockdown, quizzes are quite um, popular now because people just have so much time that they just want to have trivial you know, you have the, what's that game called trivial pursuits. Mm. So it's trivial but it's a kind of pursuit, which is something that the people end up wasting their time in. So from one perspective, you could say, well, they were just quizzing the Prophet ﷺ just to check if he knows answers to, the, to questions, but that doesn't make much sense. They must have asked things which they consider to be important to their own salvation and their own understanding of truth. And the last of which is Dhul So your question was about the translation. Mm. Um, so in Arabic, Dhul, um, the person who possesses something, so there's the famous hadith of the Prophet Sallam um it's in Sahih Muslim and Sahih Bukhari there's a person a companion called Dhul Yadain so if you know arabic Dhul Yadain Dhul is Dhul Yadain is with two hands <laughs> yeah so he's a very famous companion with, he, and the special thing he had was he had two hands okay and so because he had two hands the Prophet Sallam and the companion used to refer to him as uh, Dhul and so it's a very famous hadith and it's the Prophet ﷺ, um, is praying and he in some narrations he increased um, in the Raka'at in some narrations he increased in recitation so different narrations have different um, variations but the interest interesting is the Prophet ﷺ prayed and after he prayed they'd finished and Dhul said um, has the prayer been increased, O Messenger of God? Mm-hmm. And the Prophet asked ask the companions if what Zul Yadin had said was correct, Zul Yadin had said was correct, which is the Prophet was made to forget in the prayer, and so that was noticed by all the companions, but none of them said anything apart from Zul Yadin. And then the Prophet did to sahu, which is the, the famous frustration that you do if you make a mistake in prayer. And so that Hadith is related by Dhul The reason why it's called Dhul is because he had two abnormally big hands So not does he had two hands Because you're probably thinking, well, he's got two hands Yeah. He was known as Dhul because he was just had massive hands Massive hands And But he also, <coughs> he was also um, known to be a companion who was very outspoken He had the two big hands but he also was, he, whatever he thought he said Mm-hmm. And so he was the perfect person to point out That the Prophet was made to fall into forgetfulness To show us how to um, rectify the prayer And so the Prophet said in hadith of Imam Muslim um, sorry, I'm sorry Imam Malik's Usanna, I'm made to forget so I can create a precedent And so Dhul is A person who has two hands This is Dhul Qarnain. Qarn is in Arabic <coughs> You've you've said... What did you say? You translate it as horns. Horns. Yeah. Qarn is essentially um, used as horns. And so if you use it in that sense, um, it means the person with two horns. But nobody takes it literally. Okay. So if you say there are two horns, I'm just trying to think of the different understandings of this. Uh, if you take it as a physical thing that he had, it either means that he had a helmet... Yeah. which, because of his nature as being a, 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 a courageous warrior, he wore something which indicated that kind of Ram-like quality of, of being able to subdue. Some people say it's the way that he had his hair tied that meant that it resembled mm. uh, Qur'an. Um, so that's the kind of understanding that we have, the plausible understanding we have, if you say it's, it's to do with his appearance. And so... That is something so it relates to um we have um representations of who we understand the car to be uh, and that that's what we see we see a person with a with a bust, or with a bust with ha- which has two horns a- appearing from a helmet mm-hmm. you could also can also relates to um it's the Prophet said that the best of epochs or mm-hmm. or or generations, is my generation. The best of, of eras or centuries, qarn is also a century. So Century or millennia? Uh, century. Century. So al mm-hmm. sadis uh, So these are, this in Arabic, modern Arabic uses, generally I think, in modern Arabic, I think you probably still use qarn as being century. So it means generations or centuries or epochs. So, in other words, though Qarnain was somebody who spanned if that if that 's understood and Qarn is used to indicate that it spans two generations in it was he had extensive life okay or he he his life corresponded to two distinct generations of of peoples that he ruled over or led in armies, so maybe he came to power when there was an older echelon of of leaders who he now ruled over. And but his power base was young soldiers, mm-hmm. so then he was the one who had the wi- the, the wise with him, mm-hmm. and he also had the young, fiery warriors with him. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, she could almost say that he he balanced diplomacy, which is the kind of idea of the elder statesman of a of a society, with the fiery passion and and warrior likeness of the young. So Dhul Qarnain was the one that brought the two together. So. You know, in the previous story, we have <clears throat> a story of the coming together of the two seas. Majmal Bahrain, you know, the collecting of the two seas. Oh. It's almost as if Dhul has a special quality, but he brought these two types of people together. Which explains, in a sense, his... Old, old and young. Old and young, wise and fire, fiery. Okay. Do you understand? So almost like, if you just have the wise... You know you're not relevant. If you just have the young, you will you will you will ignite and you will disappear like a like a like a fire. Subhanallah. So this idea of his power was based upon some kind of wisdom that Dul Qarnain. In a sense, it's a civilizational. I think the Quran is pointing out a civilizational um, rule which a successful um, society or culture. Which which extends beyond its natural time span is one that couples that thing of the taking on board the the, the energy of the young and the, the the wisdom of the wise elders. Brilliance, brilliance. Okay, okay, okay. Do you understand. Anything that we've
1: seen successful yeah. in our lifetime, yeah, is only successful if these two combine together. We've no, in our
4: lifetime, I think, I mean, look at the Ottoman Empire. The Ottoman Empire comes to mind. In fact, the Prophet's <coughs> community comes to mind yeah. um, Because the Prophet You could have easily have said He always would have forwarded the, the elder statesmen hmm. The you know, old companions The, the people he, Like you, Abu Bakr Your, your um, elder companions Who were with him all the time that he was there But he balanced it perfectly between The old, wise And then the young, blood So Right at the end of the Prophet's um, earthly existence, he he sent he prepared an army which was led by Usama ibn Zayd ibn Haritha anhu, who was not in, in his twenties at that time, hmm. and he he made him the the commander of an army which contained Umar and Abu Bakr.
1: Alhamdulillah.
4: You understand? In fact, everybody was under his command. Everybody who was able
0: Allah. to,
4: hmm. and so that. You know that kind of explosion of energy that came with the companions and this is recorded in, in, in historical um literature we have from the Europeans and others that energy they'd never seen before that just explosive energy that spread from a kind of desert rural um, almost village is it a al-Malawar was a village we would understand it to be a village of eight nine thousand people um you know the number of people that are soldiers in that is probably three thousand which is insignificant in terms of world history, it just exploded to the point that those same people who were there um, eating dates and just ploughing the land were in the Pyrenees or at the the the, the gates of China, in the, in the presence of the Emperor of China, within that very short period of time. And it remained, so that kind of power remained for, say, five centuries, that impetus remained. The Ottomans are even more... Um, you know, kind of striking as an example because it's the longest uh, continuously running did, um, empire in, in in history of humanity, which is surprising given it was such a late, late empire. Mm. So we still have people who are alive when the Ottoman Empire came to an end. Like we can speak to and we can meet people who are alive and they probably have memories of that as well. And so the Ottomans had this perfect balance where they had their elders and they had the young people and they stratified society so that they could utilize all elements of society and you get that in the prophet's hadith that whoever does not show compassion to the to our young and honor to our old is not from us you could just say that well you could say the hadith just means that the prophet doesn't like people that don't show show compassion to the young and 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 um, respect to the elders but he's also saying the reason i don't like it is because they'll do they'll do nothing the people that don't Balance the two extremities of generations will not come up with anything good. Mm. You don't. You can't imagine because they're so lopsided, either completely with the elderly generation or completely uh, hedonistic with the younger generation. They lose sense of balance. And and is kind of like this arc archetype which creates balance in a society, which then gives it longevity. You know
1: to say that uh, once you cross your forties, mm-hmm. you must have a mentor, which mm. is around twenty. Mm-hmm. Because you've missed now mm. what they see. And yes,
4: yes. Very interesting. A mentor who's in their 20s. Yeah. Was, is that now, today? Because that's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, it, I would say so. I attended a course in, in
1: me- uh, who to choose your mentors. Without mm-hmm. mentoring, life doesn't flourish. Mm-hmm. You have to have a planned mentoring mm-hmm. in your life. And you have planned mentoring. So this is
4: probably a modern a training, yeah. a leadership training, or yeah. or um, human resource training. Yeah, it makes absolute sense now because um, the, the 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 pace of change of generations is so quick that in ten in twenty years you have missed so much that the new new generation are, are hands on coming yeah. to experience. And we see that all the time. Yeah. And and so it's interesting that the Prophet did commend young, very, very extremely young people. Like when the Prophet conquered <coughs> uh, Mecca al Mukarrama, the conquest of that um was then passed on by the fact that he left somebody in their early twenties as the the, the the governor of, of Mecca al Mukharma. Mm. And so the Prophet and the Mu'adhan the Mu'adhan was in his teen uh, teenagers. So he was in the he was a teenager when he um, Abu Mahzura. He was at that time he was very very young, and so the prophet had no um, the, the prophet had such courage that he didn't feel that was a big issue, but in the culture he was living in, that was a big issue. Remember his his grandfather uh, Abdul Muttalib, he used to be frowned upon. By the other Quraysh Because he used to allow the Prophet When he was young To sit next to him In front of the Kaaba mm. That society was one Where the young people Were completely sidelined mm. it, w- it, was, it was seen as being Unbefitting That you allowed Young people of that age Into a, a place Where they discussed politics Or or even um, power And, and uh, all these things About society And so the Prophet The reason why He, un- he undermined Meccan society Because he co- Pulled towards him The people that they didn't want to listen to the women and the young people and the slaves. Hmm. And so undermining their kind of dynamics. But essentially the Qur'an, I, and I think um, the Qur'an would be in the story of Dhul Qarnayn, is, is kind of an ishara, it's kind of a indi- subtle indication towards the fact that there's a reason why he, Dhul Qarnayn is going to be so important, is that he is he's setting down the rules for a successful uh, extended civilization hmm,
0: hmm. that you
4: have to balance. Dul so, so what was I saying I was saying Could be a literal thing About horns It could be a, You know In terms of the helmet Or the style of hair For example You could say The second thing I said Was um, This thing Which is Epochs It yeah, literally means Centuries Two, two, currents, two centuries it, Two generations Yeah Quruni So the Prophet Sorry the, the hadith I mentioned The Prophet said The best of communities Is my Epoch Then the one that Comes after them Then the ones that, that Comes after them Thumma yafshul Then um, people will start to lie. In other words, he was talking about generations of people. And so when you have generations of people, he essentially allows them to meet. Dhul um, could also, um, you know, historically you could say that it means, it's related to, you know, you have the Horn of Africa, the Horn of the Bosphorus as a horn as well. These are land masses. So Dhul is the one that had control over the extremities of Geographical locations. Mm. So he wasn't just to the east, he was of the, of the west. As we'll see in Surah Al Kah, when you recite it, it's well known that he was able to traverse from the west to the east, where the sun set and where the sun rises, and he met different types of people there. And so, Dhul we're not given his name because, I mean, I think what's more important than Dhul name, who he was, whose father was, when he lived, is what his name represents. That's far more important because Mm. that tells you that he has something for ourselves. Because otherwise it's just a, a story, a historical story of somebody who met strange people essentially.
1: So Reflections on Arir Ramadan, which is on 87.7 on FM, 15.30 on medium wave, uh, DAB, uh, RR365, if you want to search uh, while you're driving, once the lockdown uh, is slightly uh, eased off. um, And inshallah, we will be on our website as well, rr365.co.uk, listen live. Just before the break, the uh, story of Zulqarnain is what we had started uh, listening to, uh, some of the details of who the person Zulqarnain was and why was he called Zulqarnain, And very, very interesting, insightful, uh, what I heard. Uh, that uh, What I got from a previous conversation or discussion uh, or the commentary is that uh, lit- the spirit is more important than the, the literal meaning. Uh, what what it promises in its meaning as literal meaning is not probably always the best approach to go for mm-hmm. uh, is behind the meaning what, what's there uh to, to look for what current means and to look for what it could have brought about uh, and it, it brought about a merger of two generations the wisdom and the fire the wisdom mm-hmm. and energy
4: yeah so that's my own observation I, i'm not Read, read that anywhere just came to me. Yeah, no, so. makes sense. Yeah, because because, because they do all mention it is
1: conject not conjecture, but it mm. is estimation of who he would have been and why was he called
0: who he was. Yeah,
4: called. because I was I was thinking about it just <laughs> there that you know the next couple of verses they do point out that he was you know the word sababa comes here, which is going to be quite interesting when we come to the next couple of verses. Um, sabab is very much um, making full use of what you have, being efficient, being well planned. Um, you know, asbab taking the asbab, mm. Mm. and and that indicates you know he would have he his glory and the glory that he is known to have had um, has to be back not down to just divine generosity. It has to be down to the fact that he utilized meticulously. Everything at his disposal to get to where he got to. Wa
1: Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Wa min kulli shayin And
4: we granted to him f- from all things a um, um, means, or in fact, we will look at this when we come to that. Okay. Um, so yeah, so the dulqarnain, the kind of name, is in, in interesting because the Quran again. If you look at it If it looks at the story Of the, the sleepers It does not say How many they were How long they stayed Specifically It's kind of It's saying it But then it's You still have this aspect of It doesn't say exactly It might just be saying That, that that's what they say mm. Is it a dog Was a dog the seventh or Whatever And so the details It's always Always in this chapter The details are said To be insignificant And even in the story Of the Prophet Musa You find That this big fast forward to the main crux of what's happening, Fantalaka and then Fantalaka. This like they're constantly all of a sudden just time travel to another place where another thing happens. And so the details are neglected because the details are irrelevant to the wisdom that's coming out. And so Dulkarin it doesn't say indicate where he was from, who he was historically. It leaves it, you know, as scholars end up discussing very very ambiguous and uncertain who he was, but the important thing will be as we go through the story is what he does and why he's significant. That is of importance to ourselves in terms of you know the story itself because it is a fascinating story. It's one of these stories in the Quran which is mysterious and intriguing at the same time. One of those stories where even after you hear it you you're left wondering what could it be? Which which of these possibilities is it? Who is this person? Is he this person, that person or that person? And the people that he met, who were they? What is this area of sea that he comes to? Who are the people he finds that are marauding and and pillaging the land which he then forces behind a wall made of iron. All these things we understand it, but then when we review it again, we find there's so much. Mysteriousness and ambiguity there That it, it calls for another Understanding, another review of it And so that's why, you know This specific section is such an interesting section hmm. Because it will actually even Cross over to the story of Khidr Because what is said by You know, a lot of Muslim historians Is that the <coughs> Prophet Khidr was with him And And this this comes back to the, the nature of Khidr Was he a prophet? Was he a human? Um, what does he still you know, does he still live? You know this kind of nature of Khidr is still up in the air because, yes. his, you know, in, in, in the majority of Muslim scholars in Islamic history have always con- contested that he has an extended life. Yeah, that he pops up. Umri Khidri, Umri Khidri, which is like this extended, um, evergreen. Mm. So Khidr mm. in and of itself is this kind of greenery or, Khuda or vibrancy ki umar kare. yes <laughs> that, that could that's be a duaq. blessing yeah. or or, a, or a, yes. yes so that could be a blessing that you have a long long life um, and so what happens is we understand that the Prophet Khidr also is not mentioned here but he is part of this equation where uh, Dhul Qarnain is in search of the thing that Khidr ends up finding which is the the fountain of eternal youth, as well. So the prophet uh, Khidr attains that and he becomes extended to the point that you know even, even Ibn Hajar al Asqalani mentions that Khidr, you know, had an extended life. And also he mentions him amongst the companions as well. If I remember correctly, in the Islaba, um his work on the names of the companions, I'm sure he mentions him as um, as having attended either the either birth, not the birth, I think it's probably the death, the funeral of the Prophet or the passing of the Prophet him So there's all these kind of statements there that Imam Nawawi and Ibn Hajar and all the great scholars of our, our theology have, have stated. You could criticise that statement. You could criticise them, them even despite being a majority extending the fact that he is still in, in, in this period of life. Mm. But the re- re- reality is that they did hold that opinion and that is a, a kind of Almost granted opinion It's not one that's contested much in Islamic scholarship So you find very few scholars that will contest that as being a strange opinion to have Because we know that the Prophet Isa has been um, elevated and ascended to the, the heavens as well And so Dhul Qarnain will come in here Sorry Al-Khidr will come into this story with And so Allah says وَيَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنْذِ الْقُرْنَيْنَ So they, they, can, can, they can inquire with you with regards to Dhul عَلَيْكُمْ I will recite to you or I will relate to you Minhu I will relate to you something of his story or something of his of his affair. Something, Minhu So the Quran right away is saying, Okay, they're asking, they're inquiring. Say, Oh Muhammad, because you're the person that's questioned. So the Quran doesn't just say سَأَتْلُوا عَلَيْكُمْ مِنْهُ ذِكْرًا that mention the Prophet And that meant that, that's important because Whenever the Qur'an says قُل Right away mm. No, no, قُل Yeah, yeah, قل, yeah قل Say سأ, سأ, yeah. So Say something And remember In the Qur'an when Allah says يَأَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ who believe Right away it's, it's a response for a believer You sit mm. up and you wake up mm. And you think Okay, what's coming next? It's really important And so when Allah says Qul, it's also important Because you're thinking Why is the Prophet brought into this whole discussion now? Hmm. So Allah could have just directly said it to us So why is he telling the Prophet O Messenger, stand and say to them You say to them Whereas is God not more, more elevated That he would say it directly? So it's always important that They're asking the Prophet Allah is saying O Messenger Okay, if they're asking you I will tell you and you tell them because they have to remain honoring you and respecting you and believing in you is the thing that they have to come round to you as the prophet so you find قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدُ قُلْ 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 الْكَافِرُونَ قُلْ إِن تحبون الله oh, all these have start with قُلْ which is O oh Muhammad you say Allah is a uniquely one Muhammad you say I seek refuge in the Lord of the daybreak so, Muhammad oh you say I seek refuge in the Lord of mankind hmm. Oh Master you say that If they say that they love God فتبعوني, Then they have to follow me hmm. The Prophet
1: فتبعوني.
4: So all of those expressions make the Prophet come as an intermediary between ourselves and having knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah says, we will give you through the Prophet, some small amount, a small segment of what he was, because he was far greater than what we will describe. Mm-hmm. So essentially you're going to paint in the picture that you know, mm-hmm. دلقرنين, what is going to make you understand who he was, such a great historical figure. We'll just tell you something. Yeah, We'll give you something small That you can chew over Something So it's like You know the, the rabbis are saying Tell us about him The Quran is saying There's so much to tell We'll just tell you a small amount That'll suffice you It's like when you break your fast You could have a massive banquet And you could say Okay just have this And this You'll be You'll be satiated what, what, What's sufficient? It'll be sufficient This'll be enough for you for, for now Yeah because you can't take everything. Mind, so mind my own business. <laughs> mind your own business. But here it's different because <laughs> it's almost like you know the power dynamics of the conversation. The Jewish rabbis are asking, and the Quran is telling the Prophet, tell them that's coming, just relax. We'll just give you this, and this will be sufficient for you to spend the rest of your, 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 your lives pondering over. So don't remember this is. Testing the Prophet, they attempt to test him. And in this dynamics, the person who's asking a question is much in in, in, in the power dynamics is, is on the front foot. Hmm. But imagine the person responds, responds in such a way that you're humble to the point that you actually are scared to ask another question. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Totally relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, do, do you understand that the, the, the dynamics of the Quran here are very interesting? Yeah. Because Remember, uh, Nadr ibn Haz goes to the Quraysh, to so he goes to the, the, the Arab, the, the Arab Jewish leaders, the rabbis. They get the questions. They come back challenging the Prophet ﷺ. He's 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 performing way beyond what they expected, and it's almost as if it's, it's, he's, he's Allah is saying here, you want something? Okay, here, just take this small amount. You will not be able to even fathom this. We have so much more. Hmm. And that's essentially the humbling of, the, you know, this always happens towards the end of a chapter, the end of a conversation. This is the end of you know, Surah end, end Al-Kahf, where the final thing is, is the most uh, interesting thing. Allah says, Indeed, we, Makan است... means to firmly lodge into the earth, like a peg, hmm. you know, like a pillar, just um, something that's immovable. So, you have um, yeah. in Arabic, yeah, yeah, it's something is something that
1: is in this ayah as well. It's, it's uh, the it, there is an ishara for that,
4: yeah. So, it's mutamakkin is like um, is this kind of yeah. solid nature which is immovable مكان. in the earth, yeah. And we we granted to him in kuli in sababa, and we granted to him um, a means. Via every single thing he had Now this is interesting because the translation here is We give him means of everything Now what it it kind of uh, reads us Like everything you need to be firmly established in your position Every piece of know-how Every piece of human resource knowledge Every piece of wisdom Every piece of strength every you know every area that you needed to have to be totally established he had everything in perfect proportion like to so be he was given he was given this environment the environment the, the, but he was also able to utilize everything so imagine you have a, a, a market leader in something in in a specific item or a specific resource they become that because if you look at all the things that make that specific item everything is working Perfectly Everything they need is there But it's also utilized and executed In the most perfect way
1: Yeah, And
4: so the reason why he is there Is that he is given these things Which allow him to um, establish himself And he's perfected that And so Allah says he Not only was he given access to these things He then did it So he followed them He followed in implementing them. So his translated here is, so he felled away. It really goes back to the, the means because it, it's the same word. So this is why, I don't know how your translation is, but this is why translations need, you know, sometimes to be... Um, I think this Urdu is quite close to what you've said. In Namakkanna,
1: uh-huh. Hum unko, usko zameen mein iktidar ata kar rakha
4: tha. The iktidaar is like this, power of of
1: um say usay har qisam ke asbab yeah wasa yeah
4: wasail and, and and that's better and then the next verse how's it translate that uh, and the next one is isne pehle maghrib Kitrafek taraf no no, no, no. Um, before this yes
1: uh, there, there isn't any
4: fatba sababa so verse um 85 85 yeah so 85
1: yeah it goes on to isne pehle maghrib ki taraf ka ek muhim ka hatta ke jab no before
4: this so when you said inna makkana lahu fil ard you translated it yeah Hamne unko zameen mein ikhtidar ata kar rakha
1: use har asbab or Vasile bakhshe the
4: so it doesn't translate fatba fatba sababa no okay you would say something aur us usne us uske baad Wasail apnai or something like that. Yeah, you know he would make use of the wasail. So essentially, that's what said he was. So fat ba'a sababa. Isne like in
1: brackets. Pehle maghrib ki taraf ek muhim ka anyway. Isne sarosaman kia. Isne muhim ka saros. Fat sababa. I think they translated yeah, very differently. It. Yes. Yes. So yeah. it's referring to uh, Zulkernain's uh, endeavor to start his.
4: Yes, 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 so that this is the interesting thing, so he he essentially utilizes things to get to something yeah. until so hatta, sabab, yeah, yeah, so essentially what's happening is that his name indicates somebody who's wise is going to make everything use make use of every single thing he has in front of him, every human, every resource Allah has given him the wasail and everything else. And then he's going to use that and then he's going to end up stretching from the, the west and then the east and then he's going to be then moving towards the northern territories as well where mm. he starts to come into a conflict with or into 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 a meeting with people that are sowing havoc which is and uh, Majuj, which is the famous uh, Gog Magog in, in, in the Old Testament. And so what's interesting here is, you know, Zulqarnain, who that person is, hmm. because you know commentators generally um, differ, and classical commentators ended up generally, I think, if I remember correctly, veering towards the fact that it was Alexander the Great. Mm-hmm. And the only problem with that, the major problem with that, is um, that he he died very early. He you know he died. Youngish, mm-hmm. as in terms of uh, important historical leader, and, but he did have this aspect that he did conquer the east and the west. Is famous. He has his, his um, you know, his his teachers were of the the, the very cream of the the, the philosophers of of, of, of Greece. Um, but the only problem with that is other thing is that he was idol worshiper. So it's it's known. Um, from what we yeah, from what we understand of him, he was uh, engaged in idol worship. The only thing that plausibly argues against that is the fact that he, his teacher was a student of Socrates, who was um, known to be somebody who didn't worship idols. So Socrates, oh. famous philosopher of the Socratic, Socratic Peripatetic method in philosophy, he was um, he was killed because of the fact that he was um instilling rebellion amongst the youth and the reason he was doing that or how he was doing that was to invite them to rebel against the, I- the wor- worship of idols in fact one of my teachers my first teacher actually um Muhammad Abu Leida who I studied Arabic with when i was very 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 young kind of in my last year of school, in the summer, so we went. Down, I went down to London for mm-hmm. uh, a couple of months, and he was an Azhari uh, who got his PhD in Exeter university in Ibn Hazm. But I remember having a conversation with him about Socrates, and he he said that Socrates, as much as you can say about a historical figure, was a prophet. So a prophet of God. He was basically he was very he was very kind of adamant about that. He was a I mean, what was name? no. um... Socrates, okay. the philosopher, okay. um, because of you know the kind of dialogues that he had and what we know about his life and his end and what he called to. Um, and so it's not implausible that um, Alexander the Great was not a polytheist, mm. even though in the popular reading of things, being the head of the Macedonian armies at that time and the leader of... Of the Greek nation at the time, you would imagine that he was, but if his tutor was a student of Socrates, then you would imagine that that would have had an effect. But then, most people, most modern scholars have, Muslim scholars who've looked into this, have actually related this person to be Cyrus, the the the, the second, the Cyrus great,
1: the second. starting from Iran.
4: Yeah, so he's Iranian. So the first Alexander the Great is obviously Macedonian, um, from the, from the, from the west. Who was perhaps three centuries before Christ, you know, and then Cyrus the Second was about six centuries before the period of Christ. So, so you're talking
1: about two thousand years before Prophet
4: Yeah, so roughly, roughly that time. For for um, Cyrus the Great, yes, about two thousand. So, what's interesting here is this whole discussion about. Who and why? So, Alexander the Great, we know that he extended in terms of the historical places that he visited. Cyrus the Great was a, a Persian and what he did was essentially he, he brought together the the Roman and the Persian empires. He was the first great Persian um, oligarch, in, in a sense. And he, what's in, interesting is Zulkarnain. he was the one that brought together the... Persian, the Roman Empire. He, he subjugated the Roman Empire. Okay. And so that's why you have this name of Dhul you know, the kind of geographical locations of the two empires. <clears throat> but what's more interesting about Cyrus the Great is that he, in Jewish tradition, is the one that is not core to the Jewish tradition, but he's the one that gave permission and facilitated the Jews to rebuild the Temple of Solomon after the ex- expulsion of the Jews from the holy land he was the one that freed them again and allowed them and then therefore in the old testament this is mentioned as a sign of him being almost like a messiah mm. and so you know when we say that the rabbis asked the prophet about this person maybe it was because of the fact he wasn't a prophet and they were trying to draw comparisons with the prophet and see whether he will be the person that but will he, he was a precipitate savior. the yeah, so we precipitate the return back to the Holy Land for them. Do so yeah. you understand what I'm saying? Why are they interested in, in in Cyrus? Because he wasn't from Bani Israel, but he ended up doing Has so been, much good for them. Yeah. And so the Prophet said you could imagine the back of their minds is this person might not be from Bani Israel, but he would end up allowing us to return back to the, the Holy Land. Hmm. That's essentially what happens. I mean, essentially, when Sayyidina Omar um, reestablishes rule over Jerusalem, that whole exodus of Jewish people back to the Holy Land is possible now as well. Hmm. And so that's just kind of things that make you think. Both are plausible, but in a sense, is it important for us?
1: Asalaamu Alaikum and welcome back to Reflections. Those of you just joined uh, in the last uh, maybe 20 minutes or so for the show, uh, we normally start the show every day at eight o'clock uh, and we're covering Surah Kahf, um, the, the stories, themes and quite in depth, Alhamdulillah, I, I must say it's been uh, a treat. It's been uh, something that uh, has benefited a lot of listeners. Uh, we've getting been getting a lot of feedback and has benefited me, Alhamdulillah, and everyone that I know around, they, they have been exchanging uh, views that how beneficial it has been. If you have liked it and if you would like to know more about this or you would like us to interact in a way which is more beneficial, please go on our Facebook page, um, RR365 uh, or Radio Ramadan 365. Uh, with D-A-N, leave a comment there or go into the messenger and give us your um, comments through uh, text messages as well. Um, So, just before the break, Surah Kahaf's uh, story of Zulqarnain, and we went into quite a bit of detail, Sheikh, and the question we left the session at was, how is it relevant? Mm -hmm. How... Does it matter? So much detail, does it matter? Hmm. What is it that I should get out of this? And offline, if I ask you, uh, I, I may say it on air, that did Prophet ﷺ himself spoke about this character in any detail, in any way, which can leave us some guidance for us to live our lives closer to our faith.
4: Hmm. So the thing we we can touched upon before we we stopped was, um, is it relevant the de- 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 type of detail that is mentioned by historical figures, you know, authors on Qarnayn, his nature, who he was, where he lived, what he did? Um, essentially, the, the Quran continues with the the vagueness, and the Quran obviously is it, requ- it relies upon archetypes and and, and general. Um, storylines which are of Benefit. so Qasas, I mentioned this before, Qasas in Arabic means a, a story which you by by its nature follow and benefit from, it's like you shadow it to the point that it's actually beneficial to you, and so the detail and, and, and um, the kind of intricacies are left because the purpose of the Quran is Hidayah, which is to guide you in your actions, not to provide a, a wikipedia site for information about something happened in the past so it's not to be taken lightly the quran just goes to the crux of it which is the main events that take place which will which will be of relevance to us um, and the relevance to us of the story of the is that he came into contact with a group of people subdued others but came into group into contact with a group of people who he ended up having to um, bar from spreading mischief upon the earth which is yajuj and majuj so these are tribes or people who he 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 could not deal with and he ended up barricading them despite having the the means and the and the wasail as we said of Mm -hmm. being able to be this great great leader who conquered the continents Was unable to tame a specific group of people, so the best thing was to avoid them and to and to barricade them into into their kind of quarantine, in a a sense, Mm. in their own area. But that quarantine, as we know, towards the end of time would disappear, and it would lead to the havoc that we associate with the and madjood, which is we'll cover that later on. Mm. But essentially, the prophet Isa did not. Ponder and linger From what I remember And I may be wrong Did not linger over The p- personage of the, of Zulqarnain Because The Quran provided Sufficient Detail Of what we need to know And that was where The Prophet Left it But where he did Ponder on Was the The Majuj So mm-hmm. we have Famous hadith um, It's actually The hadith in, in Sahih al-Bukhari Which has the longest chain Nine People between Imam Bukhari And the Prophet which okay. is a hadith um, um Salama When she says The Prophet woke Walk And he said that You know Wailu Arab, li to the Arabs For a, for From a A um, A scourge Which is coming closer So which was a scourge Of Ya'juj and Ma'juj mm-hmm. And so the Prophet Did dwell on that And it's in the Sahih collections That he mentioned The details of that a lot of the details of Yajuj and Majuj, as, we'll, as we'll kind of might cover later on, are very spurious and, and fictitious and fantastic, mm. because essentially Yajuj and Juj are, are just humans. Mm-hmm. They're not um, two savage, semi-human races, or animals, or some kind of you know kind of supernatural beings. They're just human beings, but
1: with extraordinary uh, kind of powers. No, or, no, no.
4: And that's what I'm saying. So there is nothing. There is humans. This is why this is why I find it fascinating about um Muslim discourse is that yeah, Majjuj, the name conjures up um this kind of supernatural types of beings that are hidden. It's like a looks like a movie where you know you've built this iron thing and they're inside these these kind of gremlins or Yeah, there's some characters.
1: But what I mean is,
4: more than normal,
1: you can have, you'll be human being, but you'll be gifted in certain area. Mm-hmm. Either power, intellect, mm-hmm. um, other material. So so they moved in a way that mm-hmm. was different and gave them this upper hand. Mm. They had an edge. I mean, the thing is, I mean, humans, different. They weren't human, able to be tamed.
4: Yeah, different. People have different c- c- capacities. What comes to mind is I lived in, in Syria and, and I had lots of friends from Dagestan and and, and, and um, Chechnya. I just remember that they were, from all my travels of all different types of people, they were completely different. Yeah. Because they were just... Um, <laughs> just so physiologically... I
1: I mean, uh, in, in, in this war, um, I came across a few Chechens uh-huh. In in Pakistan, in Lahore uh-huh. They came as refugees Yes And my word, I mean We, we thought the Afghanis were uh, But Chechens were like Well they're different,
4: different, different. MashaAllah they're Warrior Have you ever seen the dhikr Of Chechens? Yeah,
1: yeah
4: So like, yeah, it's not for the faint If you've got a heart problem Just don't go <laughs>
1: Yes, yeah, not for the faint hearted no.
4: Not for the faint heart, Because their dhikr is basically Getting them getting ready to Do some serious damage On the battlefield <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know because they were under uh, under occupation by the the forces in russia for for over a century, and you know um and the Dagestanis who fought alongside that whole process was of people whose lifeblood from young children was resistance against an occupation it wasn't just um, an army it was an occupation and, and it was a brutal occupation and even Solzhenitsyn in his um, the Gula, his, his work on the gulag he mentions in his time in prison he there was something different about the Chechen prisoners who were in, in basically solitary confinement completely different he said from every single type of Russian that you could meet um, who were hardened because these people were just of a different species Mm. But they're humans They're humans Yeah But yeah. the, 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 the processor is uh, it's I mean I remember um, The friends I had Their children Used to be fed Raw fat You know like Dumba You know Dumba yeah, yeah. In, in Urdu Which is like the sheep they're
1: Similar to The northern areas of Pakistan
4: Yeah so they have The the, the fat that con- that Congeals at the back Of the, the buttocks Yeah Of the sheep And that raw uh, Raw um, fat Is what they used to have for, for children Once they could chew They used to chew on that Wow, okay. I saw that, so I thought, what are, you, what are you buying that for? And he goes, well, the children like it for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> so, hmm. we're not, I mean... Yeah, we, we're, uh, we're approaching
1: iftar, which is... In yeah, a few
4: so, that would, uh, I would love a dumba. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, no protein for me today. <laughs> so... Um, no, the thing is, a different, completely different type of human mindset, s- steel in terms of their resilience... And you know, inshallah, they—they. I mean, the thing is that we're blessed to have them as part of the ummah. Yeah. Lucky. <laughs> you know, essentially, the Chechens are a different type of, a uh, different species of, of, of human. With you know, the tawakkul is is absolutely f- amazing. I remember from the students that were there, and one of my friends, Muhammad, he—he he was exactly like that, but he was so intelligent as well. Hmm. Like he was like a couple of years above me in in the college, <coughs> and he was you know he would do heifer so quickly it was like shocking and like five years after we had a class on on sirah, he would just repeat the whole um you know ibn Hisham sirah he would just quote the whole conversations hmm. it was like a, like Shakespeare he would just like quote pages and pages of the Arabic for ibn Hisham wow it's when something happened he would just mention so, it a different processor. Different. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, mashallah, he was um, maybe his parents were saliha. <laughs> we're, we're, I think that's more more to do with it than anything else. So the interesting thing is, it's important for Az-Zulkarnein story is important because the thing I mentioned at the beginning that he was he was a person that was he made use of what he had. So Allah says that He gave him for every thing a means a means he and he, he made use of the means, essentially. If you make use of the means and you make use of what you have, you will be successful. That's essentially such an important um, rule in life, in business, in relationships, friends, enemies. Does make any difference? That's such an important rule that if you make use of every quality that you have, every person that you have that you have in your contact list, for example, if you make use of them, then you can do so much more than you can do if you just try and do it yourself. And that's what they call soft power. You know, in diplomacy, they have this idea of hard power, soft power. Hard power is military um, power and threats. Soft power is cultural. So, if you look at Iran, for example, America has successfully managed to utilise soft power in getting to the the common, the commoner in Iran, whereas the the leadership are staunchly against American lifestyle. The, the general people love America. Mm. Like in terms of lifestyle, in terms of the cultural givens that are there, they generally have a, a soft spot for the way of life that they have, which is very strange. It's a very important concept you touched upon mm. uh, to make use of
1: whatever Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala has given us. Mm-hmm. And I remember a few years ago, and I've been quoting this that uh, the conversation that we had, and uh, you, you said this that the biggest form of risk is the people you meet. Mm-hmm one of the biggest form of risk is well, the, the people you come across or they cross your path. Mm-hmm. And the life of Prophet ﷺ seems, there are so many stories in that in that as well, that he, Allah ﷺ, utilized mm-hmm. the capacity of companions around mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. in the optimum way, mm-hmm. from young to old to middle-aged mm-hmm. men, women, mm-hmm utilize use them or uh, I didn't want to use the word used like optimized optimized mm-hmm. their capacities around mm-hmm. and hence we see mm. the, the the expansion of the, the whole yeah I mean that's an amazing point
4: because the Prophet every companion he gave them a different s- s- status and so when they came to fruition like a, like he, he planted them each of the companions and when he left, he let them flower and blossom. So Sina sure. Umar, he gave Umar such a hard time. From being such a coarse human being to being a person who was so soft with his family after the, the passing of the Prophet assume, the people were amazed mm. that he matured from that to that. Sayyidina Umar matured from the person that was headstrong to the point, person that could be calculated and and, and, stra- and have a strategy to the point that he... In the Battle of Yarmouk, he conquered the Eastern Roman Empire. And then it was actually, that was August, the year 636. And in the year, in November, the same year, he ended up conquering the Persians hmm. in the Battle of Qadisiyah. Three months. like Think of three months now. We're in May, June, July, August. Like We don't know what the if we can stand next to anybody. Sure. Two meters in three months. He ended up... Conquering the two, we talk about the two extremities of geographical power, that's the Roman Empire and the Persians. He ended up having them for breakfast. Hmm. Like imagine having demolished the the, 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 the Romans in the Yarmouk, and then in the Qadisi, you end up you know, bringing it into the Persian Empire. He did that because he was nurtured by the Prophet. ﷺ. And then, you know say Nahudaifa the al the, Sir, the person who is the secretary and the 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 secret keeper of the Prophet. Like you couldn't think of why he was that and not Abu Bakr for example. Mm. So everybody the Prophet picked out these people who were not noticed and he saw you have that special quality, I'll allow you to nurture that. Bringing and up best
1: from, yeah, from so, their own
4: characteristics. And then that's the whole thing if the Prophet is mentioned is 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 given the revelation of the Qarnayn the Prophet planted what became even more amazing than Dhul Qarnain in terms of power. Inna lahu fil ard. If Allah says that by Dhul Qarnain, then what about Islam? Subhanallah. You know, look at that thing. We're talking about you know the Ottomans, the, the Safavids, the the, the, the the Mughals, Abbasids, Umayyads. You're talking about all these empires. Yeah. Essentially, yeah, they were all established by the simple. Process of the process, making use of every individual he had in a very small village. Hmm. That's what's so amazing about the process, that he did it to individuals who were normal individuals with frailties, with all the frailties that we have. Companions had all those frailties. Why are we talking? How do we know how to deal with domestic abuse? Because there was domestic abuse in the in, in the in the first community. Why do we know that there's a way of dealing with alcoholism? Because there's an alcoholism problem in the first community. Yeah. Or ev- all of those things that we now know how to deal with, we know how to deal with them because the Prophet had to teach the people of that community how to deal with them.
1: Hmm, hmm. And well, so, I, I despite from that, soft to the heart, like the, the backbiting, the the riba,
4: uh, well, the, the, the slander, was slander, and and misinformation, and every single thing that you can imagine is worse now. It was at that time. At least there, you can't say it's worse, but you can say it was so prominent that the Prophet had to focus on it. From that to creating this amazing impetus for expansion. Not, I, I don't like expansion in terms of power. Yeah, I talk about I expansion in terms of the, the possibilities, the possibilities, in terms of human possibilities of the Arabs who were unknown and unloved and unmentioned now becoming the centre of a whole civilization that meant that humans could think about joining the different types of knowledge together, about religious mm. knowledge of scripture and human knowledge in terms of experimentation and and discovery, bringing a, them into perfect very, balance. Very interesting
1: concept, Sheikh. Um, mm. I just want, the f- for your final moments, and that reminds me of one of the ayahs we covered in such detail last two years. Mm. 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 That Prophet had to teach those people and Quran had to intervene how to how. You
4: even speak to the Prophet Do not raise your voice above the voice of the Prophet and do not call upon him as you call upon one one, one another. That, in case your actions come to nothing and you 're not aware of it, so that is if they didn 't know you know how to know how to speak, then you can imagine that everything else was you know floundering as well and it 's those people that you understand this is why there 's a book um, dr um, Dr Ali Jawid, I think it is it's a ten volume book i 've got on the Arabs before Islam mm-hmm. Al Arab al Islam. It's 10 volumes, an Arabic book. Um, Ali Hassan al-Nadawi, Abu Hassan nadawi he, he said that if you want to understand the, the 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 glory of Islam, you have to read that book. Okay. Because if you don't know how bad they were, you will not be able to compare and say how great they became. The Reformation. Like that kind of, you know, like the distance between the Arabs before Islam and after Islam is so great that you're thinking that leap could only have taken place at the hands of the most perfect of be- people, the most perfect of human beings, the most beautiful of all human beings, Prophet. And so, you know, when we talk about Dhul Qarnayn, he is nothing like a drop, but a drop in the emotions of the Prophet because we don't know much about him, we don't know his life, but with the Prophet, we know everything, how he utilized every individual human being. So you could look at every companion and you could probably write a seerah of each companion in connection to how the Prophet nurtured them. And just thinking about it, every companion comes to mind. Aisha, Umm Salama, you've got uh, Fatima radiallahu anha, you've got um, Jabir ibn Abdullah. You've got people on the extremities that you know the Prophet molded them into who they became. Leave aside your Uthman, your Sayyidina Ali, your Abu Bakr, and your Umar, the great companions. This, the companions that we sometimes stumble upon in our conversations it's those that the Prophet ended up anas ibn malik all these companions he ended up making them who they ended up being and that's why you see like people like bilal the death of the prophet ﷺ from the worldly life as moving away from this hits so hardly because he made them who they were hmm. and that's why you know the connection was so great that the loss of that type of person from their day to day experience meant that they lost essentially everything that they could um, sense to be of any importance to them
1: time just now is 22 past and uh, inshallah this brings us to the end of today's reflection 19th uh, of ramadan and for some it is going to be the night of E'takaf, who started earlier so it's the 20th of ramadan for some uh, the last 10 days have started for a lot of people in glasgow and a lot will be starting the last Asharah tomorrow with these uh, special circumstances, there will be special rulings of how to have a taqaf, inshallah, which we will touch upon tomorrow in, in kind of passing, as at least we, we become aware of that. Until then, assalamu alaikum wa End of reflections for today. <laughs>
4: Thank you for
0: listening to Radio Ramadan 365 podcasts. Make sure to visit our Radio Ramadan website at rr365.co.uk to access all of our podcasts. Stay tuned on our social channels for future content.